What's pathetic about it? If you had billions and billions of dollars and you didn't know what else to do with it, and you know, I mean, okay, there's there's Richard Pryor and Brewster's millions. He ran for fucking office. Well, that's stupid. So why not build a spaceship and fly to space? Why not? I just like to think that all these people that wanted that do that have all this money and all this yeah. access and all these all these they have every possibility laid out before them, like. Go to space, dude. That's awesome. Because if I had his Rock money, I would totally go to space. But you know, I'd, I'd also try and put money back into humanity a bit more. Like, how is this going to help humanity? Why? Because this is the world we live in. This is the world we share. Like when Oprah opened up a school in Africa. And here we are, like, in just blocks away from where Harpo Studios was. Dilapidated neighborhoods. School is shit. Schools are closing. She doesn't give a shit about the town that 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 helped make her and shape her and that you know that that she lives in her hometown. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Apecast is not responsible for triggering your PTSD because we are warning you right now that we might. If coarse language or base stupidity from two white guys is not your jam, look elsewhere for your workout podcast. I got up, ran four miles, got dressed, took Harry to school, went to work. Jeff Bezos woke up and took a roller coaster ride in a gigantic penis. It is a giant penis. And then thanked everyone who buys from Amazon, all of his employees, for buying the ticket, for paying for the ticket, so he could ride a fucking, like, the big shot of all big shots in a gigantic cock. And this bothers you? It bothers me a little bit. Only because I feel like I did a whole lot more than Jeff Bezos did that morning. Like, I ran four miles in half an hour. He went to... He went to fucking outer space, dude. But he sat there. He didn't drive himself there. He just fucking sat there. He Have didn't you gone engi- to outer he space? Didn't engin- no, I would love to. There you go. That's what I'm saying. He, he didn't, did engin- he didn't engineer do. the whole thing. He, didn't, so, he did not design it. So? Did you design this iPhone you're talking into? No, but I'm also not taking any credit for the iPhone well, I'm talking into. He didn't take credit for, for the spaceship. He He's pretty said, proud of himself, I think. Well, yeah, he paid for it. I mean, if I had... We paid for it. We gave him the money. That's why he thanked us. No, no, I would see, just no, like no, to see Jeff no, Bezos no, do something no, a little I'm sorry, different. I'm the, sorry. The, the Jeff Bezos hate is just a little bit extreme because if, 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 if it were a situation where none of us that were bitching about Jeff Bezos used Amazon... Then I would say, oh, yeah, you never used Amazon. Then you have every reason to piss and moan about how he uses the money. But the fact is, you know you use Amazon. I know I, I use Amazon. use it a lot I got for another, a lot of things. Then, then he can use the fucking money any way he wants. I got my of shit. Of course he can. So he gets his shit. And if his shit think, happens to be a giant cock in space, then it's, it's his choice. It's just a little pathetic because, I mean, like... What's pathetic about it? If you had billions and billions of dollars and you didn't know what else to do with it, and you know, I mean, okay, there's there's Richard Pryor and Brewster's millions. He ran for fucking office. Well, that's stupid. So why not build a spaceship and fly to space? Why not? I just like to think that all these people that wanted that do that have all this money and all this yeah. access and all these all these they have every possibility laid out before them. Like, 
Go to space, dude. That's awesome. Because if I had his money, I would totally go to space. But you know, I'd, I'd also try and put money back into humanity a bit more. Like, how is this going to help humanity? Why? Because this is the world we live in. This is the world we share. Like when Oprah opened up a school in Africa. And here we are, like, in just blocks away from where Harpo Studios was. Dilapidated neighborhoods. School is shit. Schools are closing. She doesn't give a shit about the town that 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 helped make her and shape her and that, you know, that that she lives in her hometown. Let's, I mean, build a school in Africa. That's great. Africa needs schools. I'm all for that. But what about your home first? Like, even my hairstylist does her hair before she comes into work and cuts my own. Like, you got to take care of your own shit. I just think before he leaves the fucking planet, he could maybe throw a little money toward education, healthcare, uh, infrastructure. Um, uh, That's not his job. It's not his job. But it's disappointing to think that he has all this... It's the Spider-Man thing. It's great power comes great responsibility. And I feel like he's not doing much to help... Okay, so he th- he thanks his his Amazon employees for you know paying for the ticket so he can go up to space in a gigantic boner. Uh, wh- why don't you let your employees take a piss while they're at work? You know, there's all this stuff about how the, the they're not allowed to take bathroom breaks and all that shit, like the the horrible working conditions of the Amazon fulfillment centers. Maybe that doesn't even cost him any money. I mean, it costs amazingly. Him money from like a ledger amazingly, why don't they work someplace else? That's not a fair argument. You know it. Why not? Because in so many places, there aren't jobs until an Amazon fulfillment warehouse shows up. And that's like the only decent job available. And you have to suffer through the bullshit because it's the well, only no, way that you can pay your bills. Apparently, well, no, apparently, it's not a decent job. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it might pay better than other things. It's better pay. So you get a choice between better pay in a bathroom, lower pay in a bathroom break, and better pay and not as much a bathroom break. I don't know what to this thing. I understand the argument that life sucks, but I also understand the argument that we are all smart enough to make our own choices. And if you were, and I can say, maybe this is my privilege speaking, but I can tell you that if, if you hired me and said, you can't take a bathroom break, I would either go, well, this is bullshit and quit, or I would take a bathroom break till they fired me, or I'd work someplace where I could take a piss if that was, if, if taking a piss, and at 55 years old, I got to take more than one piss a day. Yeah, but the company so could also I gotta, not you know, be such dicks it. about it. The company could make it easier on its employees to keep them healthier. Like, that's not, it's not that hard to do, and Amazon just doesn't do it. Well, not if Jeff wants to make enough money to go to space i think that if, if he, he wants to go, go to, to outer bathroom space breaks he could still afford no, if to go he went, to space. no no if he, if he, if he let that everybody take so a 25 minute i know but if he let everybody take a 25 minute bathroom break then he wouldn't have enough money to go to space and isn't that his right to go to space it is his right and i think he should go to space as well as other things i just i think that this is like his other than slaughtering bookstores and then giving us an opportunity to publish, to self-publish easily. The thing is, he didn't slaughter bookstores. We did. We did, He yes. opened the door. That's what I'm saying. Is my my yeah, thing is, yeah. it's so easy to demonize Jeff Bezos, but the reality is, we wanted shit easy, cheap, and delivered to our house. 
And so he created that service, and so we used it. Now, we didn't yeah. ask ourselves, you know, I know 20 years ago when it was like, hey, Amazon will deliver, you know, a fucking book to your house. I didn't go, well, I wonder if the guy that's provided me this service is a piece of shit. I didn't ask that question, and that's on me. That's not on him. If he was a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit. But Well, I'm not even saying he's a piece of shit. I just think that he could do a little more. I just He doesn't do much. With all of his money, other than take roller coaster rides and penises. Well, I mean, he provides jobs, apparently, from what you're saying, is but he drops an Amazon. Basic. He, yeah, he drops a basic. When was the last time you dropped a David Himmel warehouse and provided income for, I don't know, a thousand people? But that's not. That's not what I do. That's that's his job. That's what he does for work. Well, no, that's not his job. That's how he makes money. And that's a job. You, you do so what a job you're saying to make is, money. So what you're saying is that that the guy that the, and because you mentioned Oprah, that their job is people that generate tons of revenue from us. I mean, we could easily say, yeah, fuck off, Jeff Bezos. I will go to Target and get my goddamn iPhone case myself. I won't order the, it. The problem with that is that a lot of things... Just the other day, I was looking for a very specific toolbox that I wanted mm-hmm. for the house. Mm-hmm. I could not find it at any of the 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 hardware stores. Menards, the local True mm-hmm. hard, true hard, or True or Value, rather. Uh, yeah. Lowe's, or even Home Depot. I, actually, I don't think I went to Home Depot. Um, so almost all like the hardware stores in my area amazon was the only place i could find it sometimes amazon is the only place to find so what you're saying is so what you're saying is that you want both the convenience and the ability to morally judge the the guy who provided you with the convenience you want both that you want both of those things i think that we all have we all have the ability to do that we can morally judge all we want that's that's the human yeah, and way. Yeah, you know, and you know what? And you know what? I moral just, judgment counts to, to me, me is absolutely moral judgment okay. counts exactly as much as the convenience as it takes to get a fucking candle set from Amazon. That's how much moral convenience because we're all culpable in it. We're if all you're gonna, culpable, it, but wouldn't it be nice if this guy with all this money gave back a little bit? Well, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be nice instead if instead of spending like what? 80% of our fucking budget on the military, we spend it on uh, the homeless. It would Wouldn't be that nice. be nice? Yes, it and would be. And you know what? And you know what? That's part. That's something under our control, because we can vote for that. Oh. But we don't. But we don't. You know why? Because we're just as selfish a cunty bunch as Jeff Bezos is. So this brings up an interesting point, because you asked me a question of what do we do about, what was it, a pro- what do we do with a problem like the media? Yeah, well, that's one of the things I want to talk about, yeah. And I laughed at that because I don't think the media as as an entity, as a whole, The fourth estate, sure. The fourth estate, yeah, I don't think that's a problem. Oh, I think the fourth estate has a big problem. I think the media is not the problem. The problem is is us, how we consume, what we consume, why we consume. And then you got media outlets that feed into that bullshit and chum the waters and take advantage of our most basic lizard brain dumb fuck uh, reactions. And, so basically, and, you, are in, you and I are agreeing on that we get what we deserve. We get what we ask for. We get what we, the road, we, the road that we are walking on, we paved it. 110,000%. And I would say the same thing about Amazon and Jeff Bezos. We paved that road. I Every mean, look, dollar man, if they spent to go away, to outer space... If Amazon went away, I would be disappointed. It would 
completely it's more changed convenient my life. for us. It's just, I just like wish McDonald's. you could take a, just McDonald's take one of your food, but it, one of your it's just convenient. take five hundred million dollars, which is like a drop in the bucket for the guy, and put it toward infrastructure in America. That's it. And I'd well, be like, wow, minute, what, a, what a give David, back, dude. David, if you're feel good, if 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 you feel good about five hundred dollars, and he puts it back, what did you say he put it back into? Five hundred million dollars. Infrastructure. infrastructure. Okay. Yeah. So he puts five hundred million dollars in infrastructure, and then, well, fuck a bunch of people from the ADA go. Well, why didn't you put it into uh, ramps? You're right. And then he says, "All right, I'm going to put some money into ramps." And then, you know, of course, the Black Lives Matter people say, "Well, what about police reform?" So he says, "Okay, I'll put some more money in police reform." And eventually, he's giving out money to people who just want money. They don't want to change anything. They just are grifters that want some cash. Well. And so at that point, is he doing any good or is he just supporting grifters? I think that's kind of a leap from doing good. Oh, I don't. And like, he's not, he's not, it's not like people are walking up to him on the street well, and giving $500 million dollars from Black Lives Matter. I just read an article in the New York Times and I was, I was fascinated by it. I mean, you know, because a lot of times the New York Times, I will read about half the article and then skim the rest. I read every word of this one. And it basically was about a guy who's uh, disabled, and he makes a living suing small businesses because they're not ADA compliant. And he's using the ADA laws. And this guy, and, and his wife's justification, it's a fascinating article because his wife's justification is, he. I mean, he'll go in, he intentionally goes to restaurants that he knows are not going to be ADA, or too small, and then sues them for $75,000, money they can't afford. Mm-hmm. And he gets some money out of it. But her justification is, do you know how much money it costs to be disabled in this country and to have a thing that lifts him from his chair to his bed and all this, you know, all the money that it costs. Sure. So she justifies him grifting small businesses because it costs so much for him to survive as a disabled American. And that's an interesting thing to me, but all I can think of is I kind of I kind of think this guy's a piece of shit. I understand. I mean, he wants to make it like, hey, I'm trying to make it things better for the the world, but it's not like he goes to the companies, like if he goes into a restaurant and they talk about one specific one, he doesn't go to his restaurant and say, hey, you yeah. know, but you're, at, you're, you're not ADA compliant, and if you don't fix these things by the time I come the next time, I'm going to sue you. That's one thing, but just going and then five months later, they're fucking put out of business because he decided to sue him because a counter was an inch too tall seems well, okay. a little bit grifty to me. But if they do take his threat seriously and they do become ADA compliant, that does help other people. And here's my question well, to the restaurants. It's the law to be ADA compliant. Why aren't you? Well, I mean, have you seen like, the tough. ADA compliance? It's ridiculous. Sorry, but that's what it is. I mean, that's like taking the job that doesn't let you take a piss during the day. Like, you, yeah, well, you want to open a restaurant, the, be ADA compliant. That's how it's go. got to be. And and you know what? I completely agree with that. But I will say, grifters are going to grift. And we're humans, and that's what humans do. And so why pick on, I mean, and again, and Jeff Bezos doesn't give a flat fuck what you and I think of him. I mean, look, I, I watched the Bezos launch because I love... I didn't Space watch the Bezos launch. Like, I just saw the, by the I just saw the pictures, so and my cool. favorite my favorite meme was that Joe James put on there. And I don't know if he originated, but I thought it was funny. Is that basically Jeff Bezos flew in an almost minus the balls exactly Doctor Evil's yeah. spaceship in Austin Powers, and I thought yeah. And all I could think about was 
I literally wasn't like, wow, I wish he'd spent all that money he spent to go to space on fucking homeless. What all, all I thought was, didn't somebody in the design team, didn't anybody in the design, didn't someone go, wait a minute, this looks like a giant fucking Harvey Keitel mushroom cap from the piano <laughs> dick. Didn't anybody say that? Didn't anybody go, wow, it, it looks so much like a fucking penis Maybe we should redesign something. Nobody just said part that. Of it, it's yeah. like yeah. it's just like that's what amazed me was not how much money he spent on it, was that he spent that much money to become a giant dick joke. That's that's globally. part of what made it insane. And I watched it fascinated. I mean, I was impressed. I several times I was going, Holy shit, like how fast they're going and just like, wow, that's such a cool thing to experience and I'm not jealous, but just like I'd love, to, I'd love to do the same thing. That I would love to go on that roller coaster ride. I would love to. Yeah, I don't great. think that I'll ever have the money to do it. Maybe if I live long enough and it becomes moderately affordable for some people, maybe I'll have that kind of money. I don't know. Um, and like, right on for them. That's that's really cool. And I love that there was like the youngest person and the oldest person ever gone into space or the edge of space, whatever the hell it was technically. But the whole time I'm thinking, it's just a roller coaster ride. That's, well, that's yeah. how it is, in a penis. Well, did you read what he had to say, though? Uh, that he's been wanting to do it since he was five when no, the, no, that's not, the moon that's landing. No, that's not Because he did it on the same day as the well, moon landing I'm sure. 52 years ago. But, but, but. What, what I read that I thought, well, all right, this, this potentially has some things. Everybody needs to have a moment of a come to Jesus. Everybody needs to have that moment where they go, oh, fuck. And I read that his response to seeing the Earth from space like in real time with his yeah. own eyes, yeah. was that he realized he needed to put more energy into protecting the environment. Mm. And honestly, and honestly, if the only result of Jeff Bezos spending more fucking money than God to fucking fly in a giant dick was to look down at the earth and go, maybe I need to spend more of my energy and time and finance protecting the environment that that might have been a good thing if he actually follows through with it that'd be pretty fucking cool okay so there you go let's fast forward six months seven let's fast forward a year jeff bezos is now throwing 500 million dollars every quarter toward environmental yeah protection or that's fucking awesome great and if it took him that the the dick ride to get there there you go why not and then i then i will we can revisit this podcast, and in the next podcast at that time, a year from now, I will say, I'm glad he listened to the Apecast, took the idea, was inspired by what he saw it. up in space, and ran with it. So let's talk a little bit about how we solve the problem that is the media, because here's the problem. Yeah, what, yeah what's the problem? We rank United States, media in the United States ranks last in media trust. Mm-hmm. 29% of this is across 46 countries we have a 20 our media has a 29% trust rate which means 71% of Americans <laughs> have zero trust in our media yeah and th- dude that's yeah. a problem it's not not good numbers to the point to the point where you know i i, I read a and matt matt tibby uh wrote a piece that's made that's what made me read it mm-hmm. was an NPR piece called Outrage as a Business Model how Ben Shapiro is using Facebook to build yeah. an empire and it's all you that. read the piece right yep. yeah yep. and it's all about it's I mean basically it's all about how 
Shapiro and the Daily Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, and they they are openly not a journalistic thing. They say, in fact, I think what's what's their uh, their phrase? I I thought was hysterical. Um, what was their phrase? This is actually on their website that they're just there to have fun. Is the site declares the Daily Wire does not claim to be without bias and goes on to say we're opinionated, we're noisy, and we're having a good time. They are definitely not journalism. That's what they're claiming. They're saying that yeah. no, they're just like Rush Limbaugh. They're just entertainment. However, the NPR is criticizing them not because of their accuracy, because they don't apparently they don't print falsehoods. Right. Not because they well, are aligned with Trump. Well, I mean, the thing about it is they looked at it. This is from an NPR. Yeah. The article. They do not normally include falsehoods. They're not Trumpy. You know, I mean, Shapiro has publicly denounced alt-right and other people in Trump's orbit, and they do not believe that Trump won the election. What they're really, this is what their bitch was. This is the beef. By only covering specific stories that bolster the conservative agenda, such as polarizing ones about race and sexuality issues, readers still come away from the Daily Wire's content with the impression that Republican politicians can do little wrong and cancel culture is among the nation's greatest threats. Now, this is coming from NPR, who, as Matt Matt points out, hasn't written a critical article about a Democrat since Christ was a child. (laughs) That's his quote. I thought that was a really particularly great quote but i think he makes a really good point is that npr has fucking balls of plenty to criticize anybody else and i used to work for npr yeah criticize anybody else for having an ideological spin on their news well i yeah and they're I mean, the I, most credible news source i can think of pbs is npr PBS and NPR are the, the only two that I can think have any kind of credibility with me anymore. Yeah. And in, in order of trust spin. for me, in order even of trust for me, it's PBS, NPR. Um, and then it just kind of, and then it gets murky as it goes down yeah. from there. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think When you get when you do your news reading, like do you get up in the morning and like you flip through the news, like to first check half first half hour, forty five minutes of my day is coffee, a pipe, and news. So what are you flipping through? What is the news you flip through? Because in the old in the olden days, you would get the newspaper out on your driveway. Yeah, you just one newspaper. Yeah. I will. What I do is I will read. I'll probably read two three articles out of the New York Times. Um, then I'll flip that and read something a little more conservative. I'll read some stuff out of the Wall Street Journal. Because they're a little bit, they're quite a bit more conservative. Yeah, um, I will check out, uh, and then, then literally, it's it's a mishmash of everything from Mother Jones to the Daily Poster, which is not the Daily Caller. Right. Um, I don't really read the Daily Caller very much, mostly because I find Ben Shapiro to be annoying as fuck. Yep. I don't necessarily disagree with some of the stuff he has to say, but I just find him annoying, so I don't yeah. really give a shit. But I like David Sirota, and I like the Daily Poster. And then I'll go to Substack and I'll read some Glenn Greenwald. Um, I'll read some Matt. I'll read some uh, Jesse Singal. Um, some Ask Amy. So you're not reading any local Las Vegas news? Oh no, I always and, and well, and that's the other thing is I read the Las Vegas Sun. I try to avoid the Review Journal because it's a little bit more uh, ideologically uh, right. But I like mm. the Sun. I really like the Nevada Independent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, all of my news, all of my news about the about the coronavirus and our response to coronavirus comes from uh, the Nevada Independent, and I like the Nevada Current, and those are two independent uh, pieces of you know they're, they're independent media. Um, but yeah, I read a little bit of all of that stuff. I try, I, I really do go out of my way to try to balance what I know is an ideologically biased organization, which most of them are on some, some level, is to try to, like, if I read an article in, as an example, if I read an article in CNN or in uh, Variety, it doesn't matter. If I read an article that is obviously very focused on telling me what I already believe, mm-hmm. which you know, I am sort of a classic liberal. I, I'm going to, you know, I want, I want to have my opinion validated by the media. Sure. Yeah. I I will, I will automatically look for an article that debunks exactly what I thought just to see, because I don't believe there is anyone or, you know, I, I, that's thing is, as I get older, I I see more and more in grays and rather and less and less in black and whites. Yeah. So I want to see as many different angles on that one elephant so I can say, oh, that's an elephant. Yeah. Well, I think that the problem with the media um, is at, at this point, we the people either refuse to or are too lazy to or are too stupid to or just plain can't tell the difference between infotainment, entertainment, and actual true journalism. Uh, there's... You know, to the point of the, the Daily Caller, like, it's it's entertainment. We're just having fun. We talk about these things. This is the stuff we're going to talk about. And really, if, if they want to talk about this this chunk of things, um, cancel culture and whatever, like, if that's their niche, great. That's really not that much different than uh, the advocate, which talks about, you know, LGBTQ things like that's their niche, right? That's the thing. Sports Illustrated they talk about sports and boobs and bathing suits, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's absolutely. The niche. Yeah. So let's NPR like let's relax a little bit. There are magazines, women's health, men's health, so I, good housekeeping. Is, I count on all I have, that I shit. Have most of most of my life, I've counted on NPR and PBS to be as focused on objectivity as possible, right? And what I'm finding is, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's like the fault of anybody. I don't think anybody's like at fault in this. But what I've noticed is, with, and I noticed this when I worked at Chicago Public Radio, um, there was a real pressure to get the story fast, mm-hmm. as opposed to get the story right, because Twitter the, was the yeah, credible yeah. organizations, the objective yeah. organizations are pressured to. Do the to go faster, go and faster, faster, faster. And that hurts. And them. what yeah. I'm no, what I'm noticing, and and I what I remember when I was at, at Chicago Public Radio for the ten years I was there, they struggled with that, but they always erred on the side of getting it right, yeah, rather than getting it first. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing, I'm, I mean, I'm seeing an, a, a shift, and and not necessarily in Chicago Public Radio because I don't really read Chicago. You know, I, I, WBEZ is just one of many now because I don't yeah. live in Chicago. Yeah. But I'm noticing NPR is really starting to move in that direction of. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's the whole. I haven't you know, noticed that, but okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's well, there's well, the whole thing that the New York Times has gone woke, and the thing about it yeah. is, I think there's you know, I mean, I get it. I think there are some elements of the New York Times that become less credible because they become more focused on. 
specific issues that perhaps are not more centrist. On the other hand, I remember when the New York Times was absolutely full-voiced in support of the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm not I'm not going to buy I'm just not going to buy the idea that that particular organization has become any more than I'm going to buy that NPR has become ideologically all left. I mean, it all I'm changes just with editors that, and time. Yeah, and I'm just going to say that they, but that's it, that's the, reflective the shift, of the people. That's reflective the of the readers, is and the viewers. If I'm if I'm noticing yeah. the shift, I'm then then you know then I but think we, the shift but is we there. But we have to admit, and. You know, Fox News, let's Fox News and MSNBC, let's talk about them for a second. Because Fox News, in on the record in court, uh-huh. in defense of Tucker Carlson and other cases involving other uh, uh, p- personalities, I almost said reporters, but they're not to this point. They're not. They're, they not. Say, they're not reporters. Like, Tucker Carlson is not a journalist. He's not reporting the news. He's reporting opinions and it's entertainment and if you believe everything he says that's on you that is their, I agree that with, is their defense so and, and i'll be honest with you news is i'll a, be honest is with a, you i agree with that and it is on you there's nothing to disagree with i mean it's what yeah his, it is on you lawyer, that's what fox news lawyers well, I mean, say the thing is, about if, their product it's not news thing. it's I entertainment feel, i don't th- this is the thing i think is interesting is everybody knows I can't buy the argument that that people are so stupid and infantile that it is the fault of, for example, oh, people that are morbidly obese, they didn't know that McDonald's was going to make you fat. Bullshit, they didn't. Right. Oh my God, let's sue cigarette companies because somehow we we bought the idea that ingesting smoke was not going to cause cancer. Well, wait a minute. Fuck you. Hang on a second. To be fair, to be fair, all right, that, be fair. A lot like of those, a lot of those, um, uh, those those trials, those cases, uh, came up like after year. I mean, it was played out for a very long time as these things oh, yeah. are, but they came up after year decades of doctors promoting the benefits of yeah, smoking. Yeah, I know. I, under, so, I understand that. I understand know. that. But I also understand that any idiot that doesn't understand that putting smoke in your lungs is nah. probably bad for you doesn't deserve to live. They're too stupid to live. And I don't believe that they did. I think they knew it. And they were told that the doctor said it was okay. So they went, well, okay. So I have justification for doing something that I know fundamentally is know, stupidly Don. bad for people me. are stupid marketing works i don't think the thing is and no i don't think this thing is i don't think you're different are stupid you and i are I different we're smarter the than the is, average moron no i don't think i'm smarter than anybody you are i think you are smarter think, than the average moron. i think that most people to me that's the thing is i think that the argument that people are too stupid to understand it's the same thing with the vaccination Oh. Is like, oh my God, half the country is not vaccinated, and it's because they're too stupid to understand. I disagree. I think there's probably, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I think there's probably a percentage of people that are legitimately too stupid to understand. I mean, anybody that believes the QAnon shit about there be a cabal of Satan cannibalistic yeah. worshippers that take that eat kids in a pizza parlor, they're stupid. I'm not. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not going right. to make any bones about it. Anybody's in the, but that's like at best 10 million people yeah and there are 150 million people in this country that have are for one reason or another 
not vaccinated against an obvious viral threat in a pandemic form. Now, we can say they're all too stupid to understand, but they all understand. Well, most the of them, I'm, I'm going to say most of them totally get it, and it's not about stupidity. It's about every other reason. Yeah. I mean, I was I was talking to a guy uh, this afternoon, today. Actually, it wasn't this afternoon, but it was, uh, it was earlier. It was before noon because um, I went to go walk around the property, you know, because I was working here at home. And I walk yep. around the property. Danny was working. And I ran into a guy, and he's a guy that I've said hello to a couple of times here on the property. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a nurse at a local uh, hospital. And I asked him if he'd been vaccinated yet. And he said, no, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And I Jeez. and I did. I just Well, the thing is, I just stopped. Yeah. Because my initial reaction is, what is your fucking problem? You work in a hospital. Yeah. And so instead of jumping his ass, I said, so that's interesting. I said, uh, is your choice not to be vaccinated political? And he went, no, no, I, did. I think I had it in January of 2020, and there's no point. I said, so you're not getting vaccinated because you think you already had it and you don't. You don't think there's any point in getting vaccinated because yeah. it's like chicken pox, apparently. Yeah, it's like it's you know, and, yeah. and it's like okay. And so I walked away from that, and I went, "Well, that's not a stupid reason. I mean, he's not stupid. He's not being a Trump advocate. He's not buying. Yeah. Any, he's, he's not just Marjorie Taylor Green, sure. Yeah, he's not libertarian and saying, "Don't you tread on my rights." It was just yeah. like he just went. I don't see any point. And I thought about that, and I went. All right, that doesn't, again, the easy thing is to say, the easy thing is to say that most people are too stupid to know that that Tucker Carlson is not news. But I think most people that watch him, they know, whether it's spun or not, I think most people are smart enough to They tune in to get their information from him. No, I think most people are smart enough to understand that it's bullshit, but they... But they're they're okay with that bullshit for the same reason that I think it's an interesting argument that uh, that that, okay. that poor uh, you know, people in poor neighborhoods in the inner cities, some of them get guns and they sell drugs and they shoot each other. <laughs> well, the argument that that they're just so poor and so marginalized that they don't understand that taking a gun and shooting somebody else is probably fucking wrong. No, they know it's wrong. And it doesn't matter. The idea that this is an excuse that they're poor and marginalized. No, you know taking a gun and shooting somebody else and probably not being a good enough aim and accidentally shooting a kid through a fucking window is fucking wrong. You know it's wrong. I think those are so two don't different tell things. Me well, but, no, I think it is. I don't think it is something. It's it's that you know. I think most people fundamentally know. Anybody that eats at McDonald's on a regular basis does not get to be surprised that they're a giant fat ass. Why? Right. Because everyone knows, with any ounce of brain power, knows that that food is calorie laden on purpose. They know right. it. Right. But the difference is that McDonald's never marketed itself as health food. Fox News marketed itself as fair and balanced. They well, news is in it. the title, so and Fox you, News fair and, and balanced. It must watch, be fair and, and balanced and, news. And if you watch fifteen minutes of that, you knew that was bullshit. Don, that's you. And You're any smarter than the person. average moron. Uh, see, the Stop. thing is, no, come on. I really Let's don't think it. I'm smarter Wait. than the average moron. I think you I'm are about as because you I'm know the difference. Because you know the difference. See, that's a that's a circular argument. That's a circular argument, David. Flip it. Let's look at MSNBC. Okay. 
because I believe that MSNBC is the bizarro, you know, the, 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 the negative of Fox News. Is Fox News worse in the kind of shit that it spews out? Yeah, I think it's more dangerous and more inciting of, of vitriol. Uh, but MSNBC Oh, I don't has, think so. I think MSNBC, MSN, MSNBC, no. MSNBC is just as vitriolic as Fox News. Yeah, but... The only reason you give them think, a more I think that Fox the only reason News, you give them more of a benefit of the doubt is because you're liberal, not because because no, anybody that's no 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 no, 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 no anybody no, that's conservative no. is going to say that Fox News is far more fair balanced than MSNBC. I guarantee you. In fact, I no, I guarantee I believe, you that. I th- I think that Fox News has more of a hatred streak against the other. MSNBC's is a little more tamped down. I do, I, don't, I disagree. Okay, I disagree. But, the, but my point is this: if you take Depends an MSNBC you think the other viewer, is. if you take an MSNBC viewer, like I don't know, let's pluck some person out of random. Uh, sorry, your wife, know, Katie Himmel. Sure. Yep. Yeah, your wife. I knew you were going there. She might look at that and be like, "I'm getting my news from this," and she and I have had we have had the same argument. It's not even an argument. It's a, a debate. I don't, it's not even a, it's somewhere between an argument, debate, fight. I don't know what it is. It's insane. Because I will say that Rachel Maddow is not a news anchor. Rachel Maddow is, she's entertainment. She's a pundit. Yeah. She is a, she's an opinion, she's an opinionate, she's an opinion columnist. That's exactly what she is. And that's fine. Rachel, do your shit, whatever, do your thing. But you are, she is not, uh, 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 she's not Dan Rather. She is not um, what's his good night, good luck. Uh, Mur- uh, Jesus, Edward R. Murrow. Murrow. She's not Murrow. She's not. Um, um, why am I forgetting all the Walter Cronkite? Thank you, Jesus, Uncle Walter. She's not Uncle Walter either. Those are even Peter Jennings. Uh, these are people. Judy Woodruff on PBS NewsHour. Like exactly. These are people. Name anybody on Steve Keep on NPR. Like yeah. You know these are people that anchor a news desk because they're anchor. The reason they're called anchors is because they're the ones that are there the whole time throwing stories out to the the reporters. And, and I've worked. And the thing is, I've worked with NPR anchors, and the ones that take it very seriously are very focused because yeah. they know it's their name on this shit, and they're very focused on making sure that it is accurately reported, that it's so, real news, and that it's and that it's done right. And Katie, and the ones that like, well, she, but she is an anchor. Yes, yeah, she's a news anchor, but she's not reporting but news. She's, she's reporting opinion based on news that well, she gets. How many times doing, a, a, a show does Rachel Maddow say according Rachel to Maddow another does the news same source thing that, that Chris is not Matthews MSNBC? Did. Yeah. yeah, she does the same thing that Chris Matthews did, that Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity do, which is, this is a thing I believe. What I'm going to do is find news. I'm going to find information that supports what I already believe. So here's my conclusion. Now She's let me find something columnist. to support it. Yeah. Which is a terrible way to report news. You of have course. To, to report news, you just have to say, let's follow the information, but follow when the that evidence. Gets, when that gets the, the primetime slot and all the advertising, and they're getting the book deals, and they're getting the headlines, that convinces the people. It makes it hard for them to see the emperor has no clothes because of all the hype around it. Okay. So that's up. the problem. Here's the problem with your analogy, is that everybody that saw the emperor knew he had no clothes. It's not like they couldn't see he was fucking stark naked. They saw that he had no clothes, and they chose 
to okay, pretend fine. So that, that analogy that doesn't he didn't. work. Because I, I no, don't actually, think, I think that I think that analogy works perfectly. I don't think it does. Because I think people I think actually most, believe that Fox News, what Tucker Carlson is saying, is news. I've got I don't cousins believe, that think I don't, that. I've got I don't in-laws think most, that think that. No, no, that's what they say. But the thing is, they know better for the same reason. For the same reason. Do. For the same reason that most people, I think, basically, this is the thing, and I understand it. I, I, I understand. You're giving people it's, too much credit and putting the well, blame I think, on something I think else. It's, I don't, like, well, I think, I think it's. I think it's easier to to assume that people are too stupid or too gullible to basically be accountable for accountable for their own perspectives. People believe what and they want to believe, and the easy, in the the, the the most res- resistance-free path possible. That's what they well, want. You, well, and, exactly. And that, David, is a choice. It's not like they're too stupid or blind or deaf. But and it's, they can't I don't think it's an it active out. choice. It is, have, it is, no, I think it is it an is active a, choice. It is human nature. It takes more energy to be a uh, decision making, thoughtful human than I know. it is to rest on your basic lizard brain, which is just give I, it to me. The thing That's is, what they I want. agree. I completely agree with you, but I also think it is a conscious choice for the same reason that the old lady or young man, it doesn't matter who it is, that watches, you know, a a, a fucking Jimmy Swaggart or one of those or Jerry Fallon or whoever the Pat Robertson and says, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to give you my money. I'm going to give you money every month because I believe in those prayers. They know I don't believe for a second, no matter what you profess to believe, that you're too stupid to understand the choices you make. I have to believe that every human being, except for like the like, so you're saying these people know they're being grifted by Pat Robertson, and they still give him like, ah, fuck it. I know he's David, ripping me off. David, going back to the beginning of this, you know for a fact that Jeff Bezos is using the money that you spend on Amazon to go to the goddamn space. You don't like it, but that doesn't stop you from using Amazon. Very different things. No, it's the same exact thing. No, it's thing. not. They these are people Jeff that Bezos, know for a fact. Amazon they is know very for different a fact than Pat Fox, That they know for a fact that Fox News is telling them bullshit, but it's bullshit they like. It makes them feel comforted that it, they did. They, they it fulfills their worldview. Whether it's, I mean, the thing about it is, anybody that's that not getting a vaccine, from? that for worldview co- in so many ways is informed by what Fox News, you MSNBC, assume, you, Pat Robertson you've is made saying. The, you've made the assumption that people are too stupid to know the difference, and I'm making the argument that everyone, for the most part, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a percentage of fucking mouth breathing morons, but I would say that most people know the difference. And have uh, chosen, and have just like I have chosen, and I'll give you. Let's just castigate myself. But you're not I a know, good example here. You're no, not a good I variable for, in no, this equation. I know for a fact. There's not a question in my mind that Apple devices are made with Chinese children right. at risk. Yes. There's not a question in my mind. The facts are out there, and yet I care less about that than the fact that I really like my fucking iPhone. And I'm with you on that. And and here's the thing. I know the difference, and I don't care. Here's what I will say. I think the people that watch Fox News and decide that that's going to be the news, they know the difference, but they don't care. And that's the issue that we're missing, is that ultimately, Jeff Bezos, 
doesn't spend $500 million on helping the homeless and would rather spend money on flying in a giant cock, <laughs> it's not because he's a bad person. It's like the rest of us. He understands it and doesn't fucking care. And that is the issue that we're talking about, is you can't make people care. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week is a watch. Uh, we currently have Apple TV for free for like a month or two, and I think we're going to have to start paying oh, for it. You, may, you and I may be on exactly the same page this week. Go ahead. Watch the show Physical. Mm. Not, not where no, you're we're going? on the same page, okay. but I love that. It's so fucking good. With, with Rose Byrne. Rose so Byrne. The other day, she's so good. We had Harry. Shit. Harry was out of the house. Katie and I were adults, like young adults again, you know, swinging hipster kids. Instead, we ate a couple edibles and <laughs> she passed, I passed out nice. in the yard for a bit. I love. She was asleep upstairs. Yeah. I woke up and I went inside and I was like, I'm going to watch some TV and zone out on the couch. All right, Ted Lasso. The morning show or physical. And I felt like kind of a pervert picking physical, but I'm really glad I did because I love Rose Byrne and I love I just <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so good. So good. And I love it's it's dark, it's funny, it's honest, it's anchored. Um, I think it does a from my perspective, I've never dealt with um, eating disorders, but, but I think it's it does so a really good. good job of of addressing that. I agree. Um, God, it's 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 so much fun. It's such a good show. So yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenally good show. On Apple phenomenally TV. good show. All right, my first thing is a read. It is in Variety. Um, it is by Carolyn Framke. It is called Leveling the Playing Field. The subtitle is Ted Lasso stars Hannah mm. Waddington and Juno Temple steal the male-dominated show with their on- and off-screen friendship. It's a really good article about these two women that had no business. I mean, neither of neither of them. I mean, Hannah Waddingham is from Game of Fucking Thrones, mm -hmm. and Juno Temple has played like every crack addict and sex addict and and all these dark British dramas, and they somehow not only got cast in this Ted Lasso show, but became best of friends in a, in a show that said, "Hey, these could easily be like." the women rivals because that's the natural mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. and they subverted that and said these are two women that are going to support each other it is a really good article highly recommend you read it great playing the leveling leveling the playing field variety my next thing is also a read it's in the july august issue of the atlantic nice. uh it is called the world kodak made and it's basically a look at the myth of American exceptionalism, how a company that like rose in the 20th century, late 19th century, 20th century to be like this behemoth to be Kodak and then how it crumbled and how like the ghosts that remain of like the America that was or the Rochester, New York, which is where Kodak is from, that was, you know, it's just, it's an interesting uh, piece of, of, of history and, and the present. Um, yeah. Just about like the, the America workforce and the American company that doesn't really exist anymore and and why that is. So, interesting read. That's good. My number two, and you're going to see the theme now, 
It's in GQ. It's a read. It's in GQ. It's called Jason Sudeikis Paints His Masterpiece. It is in GQ. It is by Zach Barron. And it is an article about uh, Jason Sudeikis' year, including his massive and ridiculous and improbable success with Ted Lasso. I highly recommend it. It's a great piece. You, he was your. What I think is so funny about uh, Sudeikis is he was your teacher. He was. I used and to give him rides st- home from Second City. Yeah. And he was my student. Yeah. Which is a nice, funny uh, combination. And uh, and I also produced a show that uh, Joe James wrote that he was in. Nice. And yeah. so and I also think in, uh, in Coach Beard, Brendan Hunt. Uh huh. It slept with my uh, slept with my second wife. That's the one. Yeah, that's Brendan. Yeah. Oh, nice. We, we you know, yeah, it's it's water under the bridge now, but yeah. I think it's fascinating watching that show and going, yeah, that guy fucked my wife. Jesus. Yeah, I think when she when she was my wife, she's my ex-wife now, so that's good. I, I think that um, I need to watch Ted Lasso. I really need to watch it. I did have somebody... I was talking about this the other day that I haven't watched you it You haven't yet. watched season one? No. I have not watched any Ted Lasso yet. Oh, my God. You will I understand know. me... You will understand me in such a better way. You will understand me in a way that you have not understood me before. Even more than listening to your mom on the podcast? Even more than that. Jesus. Okay. Well, one of the, one of the notes... I was talking, to this, talking about this with some uh, work pals the other day, and one of the guys was like... I watched it. I liked it. My problem with it is this. Everybody is self-aware. So like they say these uncomfortable things and then they immediately correct themselves versus if it was only Ted Lasso who was aware of the, the moment that we're in as a culture, you know, it'd be that fish out of water kind of thing. It is that fish out of water thing. I, so I, I, have to, I have to watch See, it your friend, everybody your friend, loves your, it. Your friend may have missed the point... The point is not that everybody is optimistic. The uh-huh. point is that, and the point isn't even that Ted Lasso is ridiculously opt- optimistic, because that's what's brilliant about this creation, hmm. is this is a guy who is going through a massive amount of pain mm-hmm. and has chosen, going back to my okay. cold, yep. he has chosen optimism as the only way through, and every other character in the first season is a complete cynic and his absolute persistence in being optimistic and forgiving and in the redemption of people and in the possibility of humanity is so pervasive. It is so undentable that people in his circle slowly come round to that. Mm, okay. And and I will say, in watching the first season, which you have to watch the first season, you have to. I, I can't believe you haven't watched. I mean, I literally Instead can't believe sleep, you haven't watched it. I'm telling you because there is a moment in the first season. I'm not going to tell you when, where the ease of his forgiveness, and you know it's not easy, mm-hmm. but the, the 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 generosity that he provides. In just simply saying, I forgive you. It's okay. We're good. When you know how much it hurts him, is so ridiculously empowering 
and beautiful that that act of forgiveness. And you know, we talk a lot about you know, there's a lot of you know whether you forgive, whether you don't, yeah. redemption, not call out culture, yada yada yada. The power of forgiveness is that in it 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 encourages more forgiveness. The power of redemption is that it encourages more redemption. And if there's anything mm. I love about the Tad Lasso's the, the first season is that it what it says is the power of belief in humanity and in in optimism about individual not like overarching not like the whole world but like one-on-one individual belief in humanity it inspires more belief it is a fucking weed that inspires more weeds. And it, I don't know how Sudeikis landed on it, mm. but God damn it, if it is not one of the most powerful and just, I mean, I was, I, let's put it this way. The other night, I watched the entire season in one night. Wow. And how many Dana, episodes are they? It's like, I don't know. I don't care. Are they half hour or hour long know. shows? They're half hour, so it's oh, not okay. like it's a long time. But Dana, Dana was in the other room, and she was like, yeah, I know you're watching that because you're just crying the whole time. Jesus. Because it just fucking moves me. It's not sad crying. It moves me. All right. Because, because it's rare for something on, on any kind of televised to tell a story about a character that I find aspirational and inspirational is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can I can be inspired by you know fucking Clint Eastwood in uh, High Plains Drifter and go fuck people and you know I like yeah, that that's yeah. kind of fun Rocky, rawr. but to to be inspired by a character that is just genuinely lovely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and despite all I mean you know this is a character that is that is routinely called a wanker and just told what a piece of shit he is to his face routinely and how he just smiles it off even yeah. though you know it really just fucking damages him, he smiles it off and how that affects everybody around him i think it's one of the i think it is exactly the show that was necessary and I, and, and it's interesting to me that i wish i wish everybody everybody Fox News watchers, fucking critical race theorists. <laughs> I think everybody needs to fucking be forced to sit down and watch the first season of Ted Lasso and just shut the fuck up and watch. Because well, there you go. I really I think it's quite brilliant. I really think it's 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 one of the loveliest things I've ever seen. So my third thing to do this week is another read in the same issue of The Atlantic, the uh, June August or sorry, July August issue of The Atlantic. Um this is the cover story. It's called The Four Americas. Competing visions of the country's uh, yep. purpose and meaning are tearing it apart. Yes. Is reconciliation possible? And now, after hearing you talk about it, maybe it is if everyone shuts up, sits down, and watches Ted Lasso. Yeah. Maybe that's how we come together again. And my third thing is, July 23rd, Ted Lasso Season 2 debuted. Oh shit! I better get on this then. All right. So, so I, <laughs> Ted Lasso season two. Um, it's a really remarkable thing, and it's a rare. Th- I, I really do. I, I, you know, I'm I'm almost tearing up saying it. There's something 
there's a right time and a right place for certain things in the world. Mm. And I genuinely believe, after watching the first season, and I will now watch the second season, we need this. Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. We, we need this character. We need this story. We really do. Fucking Jason Sudeikis. Hey, Himmel, can I get a ride home? Yeah, yeah no shit, right? That fucking, <laughs> that fucking little cunt. But God bless him, and God bless Brendan Hunt, and, uh, and everybody involved in it, because it is... It's one thing to hear people sound off about what, how things should be. Mm-hmm. It's another to watch people do it. Yeah, yeah. And this is a show that says, we're going to subvert what you think is going to happen... We're going to create characters that we're not just, we're not going to preach against toxic masculinity. We're going to show you what it looks like to not have it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to preach against sexism. We're going to show you what it feels like to watch people who don't have to live with it. It's, yeah. it's like I said, it's, it's one of the most, I think it's remarkable. And my hat goes off to Jason for it. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.